Hello, hello. Welcome to Love and Grit. I'm Laia. I'm Justin. And I'm Rachel. Yes. And if we sound like we're in great moods, it's because today we are talking two of our favorite things, food and wine. First, we catch up with food pioneer and chef Jennifer Savala to get the skinny on how she is reinventing taco and ramen for the greater good. Then we catch up with Nicholas Ducos and Francesca Galaris of Mural City Cellars to find out how they are bringing some beer concepts to better the wine world. But first, a round of Philly Faves. Your favorite place for happy hour. Ooh, I love our hotels. They always have amazing, not only happy hours, but just an ambiance to get that glass of Sauvignon Blanc or what have mm-hmm. you. Glass. So, I love how you <laughs> made it singular. That's a harass. You mind your business. <laughs> uh, and on that note, you can catch me at, you know, several places in the area, whether it's Sofitel. Oh, the new W. Sofitel has a good one. House, new, You know what? 19 in the Bellevue is still a great place. Oh, with the <laughs> pearls. Yeah. And the ceiling. We have so many great There's spots. There's a lot I'm, of good ones. I'm yeah. definitely going with our hotels. My favorite place right now for happy hour is Bach Bar in South Philadelphia. I mean, it's say a former new. public school. And it oh, just wow. has the most impressive, expansive view of the city. Uh, and it just is such a pleasant place. Dang. Well, I'm going to do an OD and a goodie because I don't know about y'all, but you know, you usually got to divvy up your happy hour spots from happy hour food and happy hour drinks. Mm-hmm. But I think the place that I picked is a nice combo of both because the food is great and it's really cheap during the happy hour hours and then they have great drinks. That's Sampan. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Get it? You know, they, they put the fried rice with the egg on the top. You know, mm-hmm. cheap. All these things you can get cheap and off their menu. And those fish bowls. You ever have one of those fish bowls? Yes. But what I think is funny, the happy hour hours. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the Sampan happy hour hours are dope. They're, it's until like 7 p.m. Are you serious? Y'all know I'm good for a good discount. Come on. Oh, hunty. Yes. 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 Let's get this started. So if you were to ask, what is a badass chef? I would point you in the direction of Chef Jennifer Zavala. While I'm sure her parental blend of Mexican and Bulgarian has something to do with it, her relentless mission to get life-changing barilla tacos and ramen, tamales and churros in our mouths is what sets her apart from most. She has evolved from a van to a basement and finally a brick and mortar to call her own. All while cooking beside the world's best and even contending on top chef. It's funny, she mentioned burrito tacos and they have become like the most sought after food right now. Okay, so does everyone know what a birria taco is? No. Uh -uh. Okay, so I like to call it the French dip of tacos. The Mexican Great way to describe it. I love that. Yeah, right? It's beef that has been cooking in a broth, aka consomme, for a certain amount of time. Then it's melted cheese on a corn tortilla folded over. And the taco has to be crispy in a certain way because you dip it into- You don't want it to be too soggy. That's right. Right. Mm -hmm. It falls apart. You dip it into the consomme and you want it to hold and bite it and it still crunches. I work with farms here in the city and locally to- get corn to use for corn flour to make the tortillas. And that particular kind of corn crisps up like ridiculous compared to store-bought corn tortillas Ah. or regular purveyor corn tortillas. It's about moisture and how much it absorbs. How about that? Yeah. So I've done a lot of taking my years of being a chef and put it into developing this phenomenal experience for people. And I would have just made them regular like everyone else. But if I didn't have the education that I have from working in kitchens, I don't think they would be as good as they are. 
and they're pretty great. Like they I'm not are. Gonna... I'm trying to figure out how ramen meets Mexican because mm. I always thought ramen was a traditionally Asian dish. Plain. It's in the consomme. Yes, it's what? really about the it's really about the broth, right? Okay. So, <laughs> video tacos here on the East Coast. I'll just give a little Mexican history here. Okay. Most Mexicans that are in the city of Philadelphia come from Puebla. No one was doing it here. No one was doing birria tacos because that's from Jalisco's Mexico. Okay. okay. But it's really, really popular in California. So the pandemic had hit. I was doing tamales and I was at Underground Arts. And after everything shut down, I was like, who's going to come to 12th and Calhoun? <laughs> like, look where we are. People have to be willing to travel out here for something amazing. And tamales ain't it. Okay. So I was like, no one's doing this taco here. I'm going to do this taco. And let's just see how it goes. Because it's not really Instagram popular on the east side. Mm-hmm. But on the west side, it's ridiculous. So I did my first pop-up and it went crazy. And then it just got crazier and crazier. And then like six months in more and more places were opening. There's a whole variety of trucks. I learned about them from the shore. There's a place in Linwood, New Jersey that Craig LeBan wrote about in the Inquirer. It's the ramen and the consomme and they serve them in a pizza box. Yeah. So wait, so you're saying that because the West Coast and Mexicans, is it because of the relationship between Mexicans and Asians on the West Coast? There is a whole Chinese Mexican culture down there in Baja, (sighs) California, but everybody can afford ramen. And I didn't invent the like video ramen. California had been doing that. I'm really good friends with neighborhood ramen. I love ramen. My family loves ramen. And when I started after October, I was like, I'm just going to do ramen too here at underground arts. I am buying my pork from one of the region's only black farmers. Wait a minute, bunny trail. Yeah. Me and Rachel are like, we won. <laughs> His name is Kyle Smith. Hi, Kyle. Yes, Kyle. He has a farming business called Smith Poultry, where he specializes in chickens and turkeys, but he also has a specific breed of pigs. He has seven kids. He is an active military and he is like the most amazing person to support a black farmer and be able to buy my things from him and see how much love he puts into what he does is really important to me. So if I'm going to. He sounds it, like a podcast guest to me. You know, I'm I'm gonna gonna say, you know wait, if we know Laia, she has already connected with him on Instagram. <laughs> Shout out to Kyle. Shout out to Kyle. So Kyle is so talented and I'm, I'm really excited to support him. You have a lot of yeah. exciting stuff coming up. Yes, you do. <laughs> well, yes, I'll be doing a six week residency at Volver. Jose Garces is Volver in the Kim- next to the Kimmel Center. Congratulations. Um, thank you. I worked for Jose when I, you know, one of the first chefs I worked for in the city. So it's coming full circle for me and it's really exciting. I'm going to do typical gen food. I'm just going to be able to show off a little more technique and flavor experiences that I've learned throughout the years. I'm with some amazing chefs. So I feel so honored to be able to be up there. And I love Jose. You know, he's such a nice guy. Three of the chefs are going to be opening up their own place. I'm in the process of opening my own place. So, so tell us about that. Wana Tamale? Uh, yes. 
Want Wanted tamale. tamale. Yes. Uh, 1941 East Pashyunk Avenue. Oh, that's um, a good location. Yeah, it's right there. Like right when you turn yeah. off of Broad Street, I'm right mm-hmm. there across from Pistol Del Sur. Oh, that's so oh my exciting. That, that neighborhood's like rocking too. I mean, yeah. people are just outside all the time. It's become all so Philly. popular. And I live four blocks away. Is it just tamales? Is it to go? Can you sit down? So I'm going to be doing the birria tacos. I'll be doing the ramen and tamales, of course. It's named Juana Tamale. Then I'll be doing brunch things every Sunday. Oh, we love um, a good brunch. We just, we really yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Yes. I do. I, it's a brunch neighborhood. Like, I love a brunch. When is your residency at Volver and when do you open your restaurant in East Passion? So my residency at Volver goes from the end of March into May. May 1st is my last day. I have six weeks there. That particular thing is really important to me because if I sell out my six weeks, I have the potential to make $10,000, whatever I make, Jose will match up to 5,000. So being a mom in the city of Philadelphia, I would be a fool to not address or acknowledge what's happening here in the city. So I have decided to take that potential $10,000 matched by Jose Garces and donate it to black and brown youth focused programs here in the city, because I'm not someone who likes to sit around and complain. There has to be something and in order for them to be something, I have to take the first step. So I'm going to be really heavily pushing that because I am giving $10,000 away to programs for these kids. It is heartbreaking to know that Somewhere along the line, six degrees, we've all been affected by the violence here in the city. And I want to make sure I'm doing something about it. As far as my restaurant and opening, that's a loaded question. But you're working on it. You're working towards it. I mean, this is a lot going on. Like maybe a, I'm about to say a season, winter, fall. This season. There you go. Oh, that's great. At the end, it's hard to tell when it lands with construction and stuff yeah. like that. And I'm still opening during a pandemic. Like, mm-hmm. no, no pressure, Jen, and a pressure. No, but you know, I think when you go outside, like, like a movie, you're in the office all day and you go outside and you're like, what is happening? Things are opening back up, but things are not normal. The supply chain is strange. Yeah, the supply mm-hmm. chain is a real problem for everybody. Right, right. So you have to be able to pivot. And obviously, you know, there's been the staffing thing. For me, it's been contractors. They are booked up. So me and my family have had to go and do a lot of the things that we would have normally hired someone to do, which in turn has caused us a little bit of a delay because there are a lot of surprises behind these walls. Always. There's always no. surprises. We watch HGTV. Right. to bank on it. Right. And we did. But then we didn't. At it the was same always time. worse. You'll forget all this pain once oh, it's yeah. open. And this is a lot for me. I made food and served it out of a van. So to have a whole place and staff is holy. Now that things have opened again and it's the fall season, do you have Philly faves for your family and your, your kids that you like places you like to visit or go? You know what? I love to take my kids around the city to do city things because Mm -hmm. what I have found is living here, you really take for granted all of the neat things that the city has to offer. I really enjoy all the different things that you can do, like taking the double-decker bus. Kids love that. It's super exciting. Taking them to Sister City's Fountain. FDR Park is a great park. So before all of the flower show stuff, there was a Cambodian market in there. And it was so secret. 
Okay. It was like my favorite thing. You could go to the skate park and then you could walk over to the park and for like $5, you eat like a king and queen. Like it's insane the amount of food you get. And it was like such a wonderful little experience. Good for them. They got a grant to be able to make this a staple in the park. And now it's impossible, you know, compared to what it used to be. It gets very full and very crowded as it should be because those people deserve that. But after the pandemic, all of the spots that used to be like my spot were yeah. everyone's spot. Getting around to see all of the things here that the city has to offer is important because it also it creates memories. It's not that expensive. So as a mom, it's important to know I'm lugging these kids around. Everyone's in a different mood. And even though it may not be fun to me, right? We all know that taking your kids out isn't necessarily fun for you. For them, forever living in the city, when they go around, they'll have these memories right here. To have your kids go to the Kimmel Center to see something or Bach Bar, things like that. They have forever and they see every day and they develop a much deeper appreciation for where they live. And I have a question yeah. for you. It's something we like to ask all of our guests. What does love and grit mean to you as it relates to Philadelphia and our region? I think the grit of this city is motivated by love. This is a very unique place to live. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I have met strangers all over the city and have been completely touched by the love and uniqueness of everyone that I've come in contact with. And I really love my community. This is where I'm raising my kids. And you put your nose to the grind and you're out there and you're like aggressively driving to get to work. You're aggressive at your job. You're trying, you know, to be a parent. You're trying to pivot and move. And it's all really for love. Only in Philly could you find a wine cellar with a brewery fill? What? Yes. Mural City Cellars is that place you come to for an uncomplicated, unstuffy, unmanipulated wine experience. Finally, a casual, non-judgy place for us, yes, I said us, to create our own perfect palette at our pace. And we get to support Philly farmers, artists, and wineries all in one sip. Let's welcome Nicholas Ducos and Francesca Galaris to the show to see how this all comes together. Welcome, guys. Thank you. So what is your concept? I mean, I feel like there's a lot of people like delving into alcohol in the city, which is great (laughs) for us. But tell us where your little niche is. Absolutely. Yeah. So we are Philadelphia's first independently owned urban winery. There are wineries in this region, but none in the city of Philadelphia. We have the unique challenge of not having our own vineyard. So we're sourcing all of our grapes locally and serving them, as you said, in a really relaxed, comfortable environment and trying to make wine more accessible. So I know this story is that you two met in the service industry, but I'm just curious how you guys came to this idea of, yeah, let's create this urban winery. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So when I met Francesco working in restaurants down in Miami back in 2017, 2016, I think working in the hospitality industry, I used to work as a sommelier and a beverage director. And with that job position, you actually get a lot of winemakers that come to you trying to sell you their wines. And being a SOM, there's a lot of theory-based questions that you know you learn about, like, oh, what is a punch down? 
are? What are BRICS? And you read a lot of text about it, but I don't think you truly get a good idea of what it is, at least in my mind, unless you're actually physically doing it. That's the best way for me to learn things. And so when that happened, I told Francesca that I think I wanted to like kind of dive in a little bit more and get more of a hands-on experience. And so I decided and asked if I could go ahead and do what's called a harvest and go work at a winery for one season. And she was more than happy to support me in that decision. So on a plane, I went to Napa Valley to go work a harvest down there and really dive in and to learn about how do you make high-end red wine. And after that first experience, I remember calling Francesca specifically and being like, this is it. This is the new thing (laughs) that I think we should do. It's so much fun. And that kind of just like sparked it for us. He liked it so much. He did a harvest in the fall in Napa Valley and then went to New Zealand to do the opposite hemisphere. Interesting. Yeah. I'm like, New Zealand and why? Oh, they have great Sauvignon Blanc. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. It was really great to see how to make high-end red wines in one of the best places in the world to make red wines and then to go to learn about making white wines in one of the most highly regarded white wine regions in the world as well. So you guys make the wine from other people's grapes? Correct. And it's local, right? So it's a 300-mile radius? That's correct. We work with small farmers within 300 miles of Philadelphia. But where do you make the wine? Yeah, so what we do is we end up renting a Penske truck, driving out to the farms, picking the grapes there with the growers. We put the grapes in the back of the truck, drive the truck here to Kensington, unload and start processing all the fruit right here in our little 1,200-square-foot warehouse. I love Kensington it. wine, baby. Whoever would have thought it. Listen, (laughs) anything can happen in Philly. Francesca, can you speak on your superpower? Because I feel like, you know, super sommelier over here. But what (laughs) did you add to make MCC what it is today? Yeah, absolutely. So Nicholas is the winemaker. I always say that I'm the cleaner. I'm oh, professional cleaning. <laughs> well, he'll stay there. Somebody's got to cook and somebody's got to clean up. In That's right. And 90% of winemaking is cleaning. So I'm doing a lot of that. But I also got to kind of put my stamp on this place in uh, decorating it and making it look very homey and beautiful. I work and choose all of the artists that we use on our labels. And I really help to develop our community give back program as well. So working closely with organizations like East Kensington Neighborhood Association and the Mural Arts. So when I walk in the MCC, like, how is it different than walking into one of these snooty little wine tasting cellars or whatever? Like, what is the different experience that you guys provide in that way to make me feel comfortable? First of all, when we do our tastings, uh, which we usually do as private reservations, we're not serving you from behind a bar. We're sitting with you at a table. You're sitting in this space talking to the people who touch every single one of these 7,000 bottles. We have been working on this for five years and we are involved in every aspect of the business and we get to kind of share that entire experience with our guests. So I don't think there's too many places where you can walk in and get served a glass of wine by the owners. So that's definitely something that sets us apart. We also set up our space to look like a living room. So it's super, super homey in here. Our biggest table where you can sit six people is actually a sofa and a coffee table and a few chairs around. Um, And you're surrounded by barrels and tanks and all of the equipment that we use to make the wine. What was the pandemic like for you guys? It's crazy because, you know, we had the intention of opening up as a bar. That was always the goal, to make wine in the space and to have a bar that our guests can come in and kind of sit and hang out at the bar with us. And immediately when everything closed, we didn't open up for six months later past our expected date. And then the bar concept immediately went out the door and we had to pivot just like everyone did that year, which is pivot was the word of the year. And so we ended up going to a retail operation and I never thought in my life that I'd be running a retail operation for about six months. And that's kind of what 
happened to us. But it was great though, because at the same time, everybody was itching to get out of the house. And so when we opened up on January 31st, I'll never forget this day, we opened up to a line around the block for eight hours straight. It was just, wow. we, we never talked to each other and everybody was like, I'm just so happy to get out of the house and to have something to do, you know? And that was the blessing in disguise for us. I made a playlist that was two hours long and we had to listen to it five times in a row. <laughs> I know you mentioned mural arts and your partnership with them, but I, I'm thinking you have an unconventional partnership since you guys have a relationship with artists and your labels on your bottles. Yeah, absolutely. So our community give back program was really important to me. I worked for a company uh, a few years ago that social impact was a huge portion of the business and it, it really left a mark on me. And I think that it's so important as we grow industry in this city to make sure that we're taking care of it. We're residents here three blocks away from the winery. We have a business and a home in the same neighborhood and, and we care so much about Philadelphia. So we do that through our CSW program. CSW stands for Community Supported Winery. Instead of a traditional wine club, we run this program in which our members pay upfront for the year or half year and receive two bottles of wine a month. Ooh. So a little bit different than how a typical quarterly wine club works. That's um, and cool. Uh -huh. Yeah. And then 15% of the revenue that comes in from that program gets donated back to the community. So we were able to write a $3,000 check only having been open for two months to East Kensington Neighborhood Association. It was in the middle of the pandemic and they That's had, great. thank you, revenue drivers, like events and stuff from 2020. So they immediately turned around and gave that money out to many grant programs. So uh, people appealed for lawnmowers in a community garden, benches in a park, and we got to see the immediate impact of that. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And then with Arts, we just accepted 25 new members into our program. And with that additional revenue, we were able to write a $1,500 check to Mural Arts. We've met with them and chatted with them and Right now, the relationship isn't much deeper than that, but we have a lot of ideas. We have a very big white wall in our building. And you named your business Mural City, so it's kind of like, hello, Mural Arts. <laughs> they said, thank you for the homage, and we said, no, thank you for the 40 years of work you've been doing. Yeah. Yeah. I love so, that. Yeah, I think there's definite plans to share resources, and I think they really liked the way that we use the artist's work on our labels. We don't put our branding on in front of it, so you actually really just see the full piece of artwork and that's very intentional so hopefully there's the opportunity for a deeper partnership oh my god i want a bottle right now just for that reason you oh, always want a bottle well <laughs> justin that's right and that's why i'm looking on the website to see how i can get me to a month <laughs> <laughs> that's a good idea i like that i know I'll you are too what do you guys do next how do you make this bigger and better yeah you know, sometimes bigger and better isn't always better, to be quite honest with you. I love that very Philly of you. Yeah, I, I think one of my biggest fears is growth. It's not that I'm scared to grow. I think what it is is that I, I'm scared to not be at the bar to say hi to all my neighbors every Friday. You know, like I said, one of the best things about this place is when you come in, you get to have a glass of wine with the owners, the winemaker. That's Francesca and myself. And that scares me to get away from that because I really do like meeting my neighbors and making friends and being a part of the community. Dare I say you're happy. Yeah, we're happy. It's great to hear people say that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the thing, though, is that, you know, a lot of businesses grow very quickly and everybody's thinking about money, 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 growth, growth, growth. And then they lose touch of what the original love and beauty was of that business. That's scary for me. I want to grow a little bit and then kind of stay at the same level for a couple of years and get it right and like hone it in, you know, instead of just grow, 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 grow. That's smart. And it does prove out a point. You have data to work with to then build. Yeah. I don't want to lose touch.
touch. That's my biggest fear. And you've grown this relationship with Kensington. Like, y'all just getting started. Yeah. That CSW membership that we did generated good money for the neighborhood with only 50 members. And my goal is to get to 200 members and to see how many trees we can get planted, how many benches we can get in those parks. You know, like, that'd be great. See, this is going to change your mind about expanding. I see it now. See, once you realize that you can do this for multiple neighborhoods, that's what it is, Justin. They have to know they can still do things for the community. But yeah, no, that makes sense because that that's a sustainable model. I love it. I love it. Hopefully it inspires other small businesses in the neighborhood to also do the same thing. And big ones. And big ones. And yeah, and the big Especially ones. Especially big ones. Mm-hmm. Where can we find you guys in person and online? Most of our wine is sold right out of our winery here. We're open on Thursdays and Fridays from 4 to 10. 2011 Amber Street. Our entrance is actually in the back on Martha Street. So we're the little space in the back in Kensington. Philo Speakeasy-esque. Yes. Except for there's a huge sign outside that says winery. The fact that you're doing the subscription thing is just amazing. And the fact that you won't make me feel stupid about wine and I can really learn. We always say like, it's not, we don't want people to think about the wines too much. You know, we make wine for people to hang out and drink on their stoop. That's the kind of wine that we make. When you come in for a glass of wine on a Friday or Thursday, Friday at the bar, we don't even have wine glasses. We serve out of huge little cups it's not about being stuff pretentious we're just hanging out with our friends and our neighbors drinking some wine that's the whole all right he always says do you like it and you're like yeah and they're like then it's good then it's good wine all right follow us on instagram it's at love brit philly and of course rate and review us we appreciate you listening and we want to know what you think and tell your friends about loving grit Aya and Rachel, you did well. Okay. Because you said so. Okay. We done made it, Rachel. It's official. Let's not mess it up. We better hurry up and go. Oh, you, you was high. You was high. Is it even a question, Justin? Is it even a question? I love when she uses that voice. All right. See you guys. Bye.